Hello, everyone. Welcome to the seventh conversation, which is also my favorite number, and my birthday uh, in the future of Fidgetal Clubhouse, um, where we are weekly on Mondays at, um, depending on your time zone, I'm currently in CDT. So for me, it's 2 p.m. For Murad, it is 9 p.m. Nine. Yes. Yeah. And so our topic today is how to level up in digital fashion. So yeah, we were uh, we had a call maybe what, a couple days ago, kind of figuring out what we thought would be interesting to talk about, and um, kind of on this topic seemed especially relevant. So focusing on today, um, how kind of we can start to build up our skills and level up in digital fashion, um, adapting kind of what maybe the traditional skill set for fashion design. Um, is currently and how we can kind of um, adapt that for the future. Um, and also a reminder to everyone that this talk is recorded. So um, if you want to come up and ask some questions or join the conversation, just be aware you will be recorded. Um, yeah, and so uh, for me, um, so I'm Kahlo in URL, the digital world, and then Lauren Ketcher um, in, in real life. And then I'm a fashion designer with experience in New York, London, and Paris, and also the founder of the digital luxury label, Alterage, which will be launching this November, so quite soon. But in this group, um, it's our intention to explore how digital transformation in fashion can make our planet circular, eco-responsible, socially respectful, and individually empowering. So today, our conversation will be one hour long. And I'm, I mean, if anyone wants to come uh, up earlier, feel free. Um, but normally, after about 40 minutes, I'll open up the stage for, for questions. So welcome, Murad. Today we are joined by, tell me if I say it wrong, but Murad Barouche. Is, is that yes, that's exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it right. Uh, great. So you're the founder of Mountain Collective and yes. digital expert, keynote speaker, and educator. Um, and so from what I read, Mountain Collective provides 3D technology that is organically growing for fashion collections, which allows to shift from analog to digital by leveraging cutting edge technology, eliminating risks and sustaining by converting from less waste to zero waste. So I'm very excited to learn more um, about what you're working on and yeah, kind of what led you to, to start Mountain Collective. So maybe you want to start there just telling us a bit about you um, and what, what got you to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Um, so we are uh, seven people at this point um, with some freelancers and um, it started actually a long time ago when I went to uh, the art school and uh, I found out that the moment that I graduated, I didn't know what to do. Uh, so uh, meanwhile, I was working with uh, brands as a freelancer, uh, such as uh, Nike, Tommy Hilfiger, and I kind of uh, figured out that uh, I was doing 3D uh, as an artist and we would um, design spaces and stuff like that just to you know see if the client would like that this was I think like seven years ago so I did that for some time and at some point I thought how is that you know not apl applicable to uh, the fashion industry so uh, two years ago uh, I went to uh, Paris where my friends were and I just went to ins inside of this shop and I asked them uh, if they had any, you know, digital uh, replica of, of their clothing. And apparently they didn't have that. So I thought, let me just, you know, um, uh, try to make a change in that. And they were really excited about that at the same time. So at some point we, 
uh, showcased uh, our work uh, with them at the, at the Tesla shop. So from that point, I thought this is, you know, like a, an opportunity to just actually uh, grow that into a bigger audience uh, using uh, my background as an artist, but at the same time to um, make the fashion industry uh, basically a little bit more sustainable since I was also at a, at a festival in uh, London. I think it was a denim festival and uh, there was this guy who was presenting some work and some you know information and he said uh, literally that every second there is uh, a truck that drives um, uh, clothing that are not used into some kind of you know a place that they will just basically burn that out and I asked him I said like hey so what's the reason behind that and he said the customers basically didn't you know they probably have used it like once or twice and then it just got you know thrown away and I thought like how how can we actually you know change that and that's basically the reason why I started you know Mountain Collective uh, also from the name Mountain so we can you know basically you know, sustain our nature and sustain our uh, way of uh, uh, living in, in in this planet. So basically, that's that's the little bit the background of of uh, Mountain Collective. Cool, great. And I was curious, what was um like their reaction when you when you went into the shop and asked if they had like a digital replica of their clothes? Were they like really confused, or what was their reaction? <laughs> Yeah, so so they said like we don't have any budget. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I said I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it for free. And this is actually like a sort of you know tip for everyone who's listening. If you have a sort of you know idea and you wanna you know uh, express that to someone, the the fact that you do it for free it means that you are passionate about it and you really want to do it. So that was also my case uh, at that time. And um, when I did that for free and they really liked. The, the process and, and they understood how valuable that is. After that, we got a big, you know, uh, we uh, landed a big, you know, gig for Tesla. So uh, there was the entrance, but after that, we could, you know, sustain our lives and, and make basically generate some money out of that. Yeah, I know. That's kind of a big question of like free work because I'm, yeah, like at least starting out in the fashion industry, I don't know how many internships I've done. I think like 15, <laughs> like some like ridiculous number. I should be like writing a book called Super Intern. But yeah, like in the beginning, I think it made sense, right, to to work for free. Um, but like even in the fashion industry, like I now have a master's and I know several people on the same kind of level, like still trying to get into like maybe this luxury level and it's necessary to keep working for free over and over. So I wonder then, yeah, like, but now we have digital fashion. And for me, I'm super excited about this new industry because there's so much to explore. And I think collaboration is so key for that as well. So like, what would you say, like, especially maybe as a freelancer or as like, you're more of like kind of an agency kind of collective focus. Um, like when is it, would you recommend saying it's okay to do free? Um, and like not undermine your worth i guess so i mean i could even you know take it to a different level there was this place that is called uh random studio here in amsterdam and i uh, have a friend of mine that uh, worked there so i went inside just because he you know called me and um i was basically by accident in that studio and i love that studio so much random studio if you look it up it's one of the best uh, studios here in amsterdam uh and and I told him, like, dude, like, can you just please, you know, like, hook me up with anyone that I could, you know, talk to? So he gave me the the uh, email address of the owner. So I sent him an email and I said, 
it's not even for free. I can even, you know, pay you like uh, an amount of money every month that I could just be in that studio. So it's not even, you know, for free, but it's even, you know, it's, uh, I'm investing uh, time and money in this, in this case. Uh, eventually I stayed there for three years and I think that those three years were the best years of my life that uh, they, they basically changed my life. I worked with so many uh, high-end uh, brands such as uh, Nike, Nike Lab in London uh, for like a super high price just because I invested, you know, those three first months in that studio and they, I gained their trust and they gained also my trust. Uh, so that way, I mean, it it sounds a little bit contradictive when you can you kind of you know give first your time and 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 money to some 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 place to have like some kind of faith that it will turn out to be a good investment. So uh, I think you know if if we say like for free, it's actually a sort of you know investment that you that you kind of you know take on and 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 uh, and go into that kind of you know adventure. The thing is you want to have a good investment. So you want to pick up the best places that feels that it's a, it's a good place where you can actually, you know, invest your time and money in. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. Like, I mean, when I first started out, like as an intern and I was working in New York at the Reformation, I don't know if you heard of this brand, but I was literally like cleaning their closets. Um, <laughs> the worst, I got coffee, like the worst kind of jobs. But like, yeah, I guess then, there's also so much benefit of right investing in, in essentially education it's like instead of maybe yeah getting in going into a course into something like that go directly like where the projects are happening yes so yeah i mean definitely in the, in this space uh i'm gonna drop a lot of links in this conversation or, or awesome. you know some some terms but one of the guys that were uh, was in that studio his name is jeffrey Lenneman. Okay. And he's like this American artist. Um, and, you know, like he just looks like, I mean, like a person that just doesn't give, you know, a damn about anything. Right. So, so yeah. it was already, you know, interesting for me. So I kind of, you know, started to talk with him. And this is when I invested, you know, uh, my time and money in that space, like in the first three months. So I got to, to know this guy and, and he Apparently, he's one of, you know, uh, the best artists uh, here in Netherlands, uh, Jeffrey Lilleman again. And he teached me, like, so much. I think uh, if I compare like, that money that I gave into this, you know, space in terms of return uh, of investment that I did, uh, the knowledge that I got from that guy, I mean, I think it doesn't really, I cannot even compare it to the money that I gave. So the moment that, there is a sort of, you know, like a faith into a space where you can, you know, invest whatever you have, whatever you have that is valuable for a different, you know, space. Uh, a lot of things just happen by like just organically by itself. And it just gives you like so much more than, than, uh, than, than actually what you gave in, in, in the first instance. So that's basically my experience. And I came, I'm, I'm coming from Rietveld, which is one of the best, you know, uh, art academies here in the Netherlands. But I haven't, that you know, like that kind of you know teaching. You don't really get that much of that experience into you know those you know closed walls, uh, in a in an art academy. I think those kind of you know investments that you do by yourself, and also everyone is so different. Everyone has their own universe, and they have their own you know interests. The moment that you discover what you really love and what you have like really passion for, uh, you can easily you know just invest that 
into uh, future thoughts. But I mean, I also did a lot of, you know, bad investments with uh, certain people that didn't really give me that much. But at the same time, it's a learning process. So, but I, I mean, the less of that, the better, right? <laughs> yeah, right. You always learn, I think. I, I feel kind of the same way. I think um, like maybe in fashion, since I've done so many internships, I kind of have a fear of like, I don't want to do that to someone else and like make someone else feel like maybe they're not getting like a valuable like opportunity if it's right. if it's unpaid. So I think I have that fear from having that myself. But yeah, I mean, when you find like a collaboration, like I have a couple people in the audience who were right now working on some projects for Alterage, which is the, the brand that we're launching together um, at the end of next month. It's like, we like each have such different skill sets and can like still get a good amount of value. I mean, in my experience, um, working together to, to create that. And then who knows like where that will lead to next. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, cool. So maybe then, um, you, when did you start to kind of move more to fashion and how, and how much of that is that, um, what you do now for, for fashion versus, um, kind of other categories of digital? Yeah. So, so first of all, I'll, I have to say that, you know, fashion, uh, it's, it's, it's f at least uh, for us at this point, it's, it's a sort of, you know, uh, stepping stone from A to B and just basically moving the, the innovation into, okay, so I'm just going to be a little bit vague and a little bit artistic, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, just bear with me for a second. So, uh, I had this dream that, um, I was born basically i just you know i just basically saw everything and i, I was just basically born from my mother's you know opening <laughs> and i just got like thrown into this you know stream of water that went you know from right to left or from left to right and uh, that is exactly the, the same feeling that i have with technology and innovation in general we as i'm i'm you know a millennial and i think like generation z have even you know like um uh, uh maybe a difficult time but also at the same time maybe like a, uh, everything at their you know type of uh fingers but uh the innovation it it is so fast and everything goes so uh fast in a sort of uh stream that where is it going or where what where, where did it game came from so i think um i love how technology is actually working for us but at the same time it could also work against us uh, in terms of how do you use that. So it's a, it's basically a double-edged, you know, sword that uh, that we really have to be careful with. So that was the moment when I realized that the 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 knowledge that I have from the last you know ten years working with big brands, um, also basically being being sustainable in Amsterdam, which is one of the most you know expensive cities, which is kind of bizarre it's a very small place i live in a center but uh at the same time it's really you know the rent is really uh, expensive so how do you sustain yourself as a as an artist as someone that wants to express their you know emotions or feelings into and convert that into something that is valuable uh, and in, in this case uh i'm just gonna say like a plane is just basically making money right so i think for me uh it was just being working so hard on whatever I love to do and also at the same time deny things that I don't want to work on and that was that was a really big big step that I had to make like just just basically saying no to things that I didn't want to and um, I'm making you know uh, better choices 
and still like until today uh at the monster collective i still make bad choices by you know selecting people that don't really deserve uh, to be uh, in 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 our space which is basically moving forward and uh, driving the the industry it doesn't matter if it's like fashion or i'm i'm very much interested in uh automotive um so it doesn't matter which industry what matters is that how much drive do you have and how much passion do you have for the things that you do and in our case 3d we so we're supposed to be like super lucky because 3d is so huge and it's such a big canvas where we can you know paint whatever we want so uh basically i chose like three places uh the first one is real estate the second one is uh automotive and the third one is fashion so in all of these you know spaces i try to educate uh people that i that i know uh people that i can that i care for uh, i have a, a partnership with uh, l magazine we made like a course of you know uh, 10 hours uh, which was like pretty much successful for the last uh six months um on other platforms we have like 2000 you know students that pay us every month a certain amount of money so but at the same time there are like many plenty different you know revenue streams that we think that could help us like for instance you probably have heard of nfts and that you know like for me that was like the the best you know thing that happened to us as artists that we can uh have royalties that we can have um a sort of you know tree that we can always uh fruit of every single time that someone's uh buying our art um so yeah i mean like for the for the people that are listening like we are in a really really uh, interesting space um uh, especially with innovation and, and 3d and uh no excuses to make the best out of it because I don't think this is going to last for long. I have a feeling, I don't know about you, um, uh, but I, I, don't, I have the feeling that it's not going to last for that long and, and we should be as much you know, productive as we can today. Yeah, I agree. I think, right, kind of like post-COVID, during COVID, um, I think, yeah, it's a really like interesting time. And I think maybe that's even why we have this moment to like allow ourselves to really start to be creative, see what we can do. I mean, I see so many like new projects popping up every day, especially in this 3D space. Um, so yeah, I think I'm totally with you. Like now's the time to like push it, see like, I try to understand like what you're into, what are the goals? I mean, it's cool how you've then identified, okay, these are like the three, I guess, industries that, that you're focusing on. And so you, you started there and then thought about um, like what kind of value, like kind of what um, revenue streams to you can create around that and what kind of content. So yeah, so then it's, um, and then you also mentioned for L, that's really great. I would love, uh, maybe you can speak a bit more about the, the kind of educational part you're doing. Yeah, so so basically, it's the same. It's almost the same story as uh, the one in Paris when I went to that store. I basically went on LinkedIn and I texted uh, the owner of uh, Education and I said, "Yo, dude, like I just wanna, you know, do this." And uh, he was so, you know, uh, I don't know why, but he he was just you know so uh, open for that, and he said, yeah, "Just just go for it." So uh, within a month, I was so excited about that. Uh, so I, I, again, I invested a month of my time, but it was pretty intense. Like it was 
like almost like nine hours a day, like a month of creating this course, which is called uh, Disruption in Fashion. Uh, this was right when COVID happened. And uh, so what I did is I, I just gathered all of my information that I had in one piece uh, to sell it for a certain uh, amount of money. Uh, and uh, the yeah, funny enough, like I've, I haven't done that before. I haven't, you know, uh, done that kind of, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, passive income. I don't know if, if, if it's a sort of, you know, passive income, but put in something online and see what's going to happen. Like you, you want to have a lot of faith in that, right? So I did that for, for a month and, and uh, because of COVID, because of um, that, you know, uh, whole movement that happened, everyone was 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 online and, and it was pretty much successful because, yeah, it's crazy, right? Like it was, it was success. I, I didn't expect anything, but everything happened, right? Great. So, yeah it all aligned <laughs> yeah so so that was that was the first time when i when i thought about how can i translate that fi again to that digital you know term like how can i translate that you know uh thought of uh, going to a random studio and invest my time in there but also like doing it online and invest my time on education and just give them everything that i have and see what's going to happen um and and the best things happen when you don't expect anything so so that was that was my experience at L. Uh, at the same time, uh, I, I I stopped you know uh, doing any course there because I want to make like a big you know announcement of uh, uh, working on the NFT world. Um, we are like really hardworking uh, group of you know uh, mountain collectors uh, people, and uh, we are trying to make like this really interesting uh, NFT. Uh, but at the same time, I recall I'm recording everything i'm recording the whole process how we're gonna do that so this is gonna be online i think uh in the fall so within a month or two so yeah uh keep your uh how's it saying like stay yeah. tuned <laughs> tweet it, it yeah, yeah, yeah of course like, yeah. there's so many options now <laughs> and I'll, I'll be happy to share from my side so then you're gonna create kind of like another course content would it be like that for the NFT? yeah Okay. So yeah, so so now I'm I'm on a level that I can you know do two things at the same time. So creating an NFT, but at the same time I'm also creating, I'm uh, documenting like the whole process how we are creating that NFT. Uh, so showing the result, but at the same time showing like how we did that, and I think it's really valuable for the fashion industry to, you know, share that content and share like how you know, the whole process actually works. And I think it's really important for everyone that is um, a traditional fashion designer or uh, um, someone that just came in this this experience. Because, uh, I mean, hopefully, like, everyone can relate to this, but there are, like, so many traditional ways of education. And I think that is kind of, you know, dissolving into the space that no one really cares about, you know, going to school and, you know, uh getting like this kind of you know, teacher that just came with a bus and you <laughs> you're not even interested in that because it's not an inspiration um so we are taking it to a different level which is called i think experience products where we kind of you know take the the, the students uh on their own time on their own journeys that they can you know follow the whole process that someone have done something that is valuable so you have that kind of you know future self that you can uh, uh reflect yourself into and you have, as a student, you have a sort of, you know, goal where you, where you can uh, go to and you see also like the, how much money that, you know, NFT have made. 
So you know exactly what where you are going. And and at school, I mean, I went to Redfield Academy, and and it's one of the best you know academies. But it was so vague, and I didn't know where I was going. Right. So, uh, when, once you have a goal where you have like a certain your know, list of what is the product, how much does it cost, and what are you gonna gain out of that as a student, that gives you like so much you know uh, selection where you can be as as a, a, a generation Z like a, a student uh, that is let's say uh, a guy or a girl that uh, lives somewhere uh and uh, they are like 19 or uh, 20 and they know exactly where they will end up doing this course and w how much money they will you know gain if they follow like every step within like a month or two i think that is so much more uh interesting than uh four years of doing something that you don't even know what you're going to do with that eventually right so I think we are, you know, in terms of, you know, disruption in fashion, there are like so many ways. Uh, and this is one of the one of the ways that I'm kind of interested in. But at the same time, uh, the 3D uh, industry or the 3D way of working in the fashion industry, it's, it's, I mean, I think it's getting a little bit old that, you know, we can create something in 3D and then, you know, showcase that to the customers. I think it we can take it to even more interesting levels. Right, yeah, push it further than just like this cosmetic kind of level, which I think is how people kind of understand. And even like with some recent like NFT projects, like they're like, oh, okay, we're just going to kind of recreate exactly what we did physically. But yeah, I think it'll start to become more ingrained into the process. Um, and yeah, like kind of going back to what you were saying about, um, what did you call it again? This The type of education about like the list and then like the product and then the cost. You said, is yes, that like a name yeah. for it? experience uh products experience products cool yes. yeah i mean that sounds like a good like a better way to have an education and like also really great to like democratize it and because i know in fashion like it can feel like if you don't go to the right school you don't know the right people like you're not going to have the same chance and so yeah. maybe that's another thing that's really exciting about this new industry that's emerging it's like there's no right way there's no wrong way like everyone has a different background like i'm traditional fashion but i'm working with like several motion graphics designers and each person has their own perspective and so yeah 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 i think that's uh, uh yeah but i mean i can i can even um you know uh give some tips of uh some people that i that i that i look up uh as my mentors yeah, yeah. that'd be great so i have uh Astorp. He's uh, he's uh, one of the best, you know, motion designers uh, in the industry, and I think he takes it like he, his way of working is so inspirational. What was the name uh, again? Ash Thorup. Is there any way that okay. maybe? Yeah. Let's see. I think I could like tweet it. <laughs> I can find. I know that's the annoying thing about Clubhouse. You can't like visually post anything. But okay. um, oh, okay. Uh, Stella in the audience just messaged it to me. Ash Thorpe. <laughs> she knows it. Okay. Ash like ashes. Thorpe like T H R O P E. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean so for you, how did you find um like a mentor? I think that's a really good suggestion to anyone. Like if you're starting to get either involved in like a new industry or pivoting your skills. Um, how did that happen? Like, did you just reach out to him and say, I'm, I'm a fan or how was the process? Yeah. So, um, I have like five people in my, in my list that 
that I that I kind of you know uh, look up to uh, or look down to, like you know, like one of these two ways. Um, but um, I try to you know, uh, there was a book that I that I that I that I studied for a long time from Brian Tracy. It's called uh, Eat That Frog, and uh, it has like so many Eat That Frog. Yeah. Eat the frog. Okay. And it has, Only in um, <laughs> sorry? Only in France. <laughs> but yes, tell us about the book. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it has, it, it kind of, you know, uh, as an artist, it, it teaches me how to, you know, organize my life. Um, uh, because as an artist, you always want to be chaotic and, you know, be experimental and all of that. But at the same time, you also want to, you know, uh, gain some value out of that. And uh, from that book, what I, uh, uh, Brian Tracy, uh, Eat That Frog, it kind of teach me like how to, you know, select like few people that I really want to look up to and, and be kind of like that from the financial place, from the, you know, educational place, from the artistic place, from uh, anything that you you like to, to do uh, in any industry. And once you have the, you know, the best one that you like, you kind of, you know, follow that, 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 that path. Well, not necessarily, you know, follow the path, but at the same time, uh, you kind of, you know, see like how they did that and how, what kind of mistakes they did and what, what can you actually like, change that into your own spin as, as, uh, as an individual. And uh, for me, it was, you know, Ash Thorpe uh, together with um, obviously Brian Tracy and, uh, and, and Joseph Campbell, which is, I mean, it's an Irish dude that, you know, uh, immigrated into uh, America. And this guy... Basically traveled the whole, he's, uh, he's right now, I think he's in heaven, you know, somewhere he's dead, uh, uh, rest in peace, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Joseph Campbell, <laughs> but he created, a, <laughs> he created a book, which is called the hero's journey, uh, hero with uh, 1000 faces. And he basically traveled the whole world to combine like the people's ideas about how people really function and how people behave in certain you know situations and uh so once he wrote that book uh the hero's journey um uh, uh george lucas uh the director of um uh, star wars uh was kind of you know confused like how to make actually star wars and how to write that and once he read that book he knew how to you know, um, land his message into people. So, uh, hero's journey is one of the, one of the things that I always use in any certain situation where I want to, you know, send a message to a person or a student or a friend or a relationship person, you know, doesn't matter who that is. There is this kind of, you know, circle that, that Joseph Campbell uh, uses or actually discovered and, and, uh, uses to, uh, convey a certain message in general. Uh, so that's uh, that's Joseph Campbell. I, I, I yeah, I yeah, I recommend everyone to to read that book. It's one of the best things that you can do. And he has like I think like thousands of videos. I don't know how many videos, but teaching you know uh, students how to. Uh, I think he's he was a teacher, uh, and uh, his students were I think ballet dancers, and he was trying to tell them like, how to you know, uh, dance uh, a certain way that that people can feel that and people can, you know, get attracted into that, which is one of the most challenging, you know, uh, jobs that you can do as a teacher. Like, how can you translate a dance into something that people recognize and people feel and people can 
pay a certain money to watch that dance. So I'm really, really much inspired by that. Great. Thanks for sharing those resources. Yeah, for anyone who didn't hear, it's the hero's journey. And then the first one was eat the frog, right? Yes. Get it yeah, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, like, even personally, like, I'm trying to figure out how do I balance, like, passion projects that I want to build and that I really see the future in with, like, the more monetary side of paying the bills. And so, I mean, for you, like, how have you balanced those two things? Because on the one hand um, of having, yeah, the strategy of like starting out by working for free and then it definitely like leads to really cool opportunities, but you still have to go through the part in the beginning of like trying to get there. So I don't know, do you have any advice on how to kind of balance those two things? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, obviously money is really important. It's, it's, it's a useful thing, right? Like, I mean, everyone uh, needs, you know, a certain kind of, you know, uh, budget you know to move forward and um as an artist it's it's something that we don't really get get as uh you know course or we don't really get teached by how to you know gain um a certain you know value out of our art or our um creation and i think you know the best way to you know to to do that is basically you know selecting a certain a certain you know uh, group of people that that you have that you basically like you like what they are doing and you like what they they stand for and from there you kind of you know um, prepare some kind of um, work that is valuable for them which is the opposite of what my school have teach me like my school have teach me always you know uh think about whatever you think about and then make a sort of you know story around it but i feel at this point in my life that i have been you know working as an artist for the last you know 10 years and having my own company with you know some people that i trust and they trust me back it's 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 both ways um it's from myself obviously like i'm, I'm expressing myself in in my art but at the same time i'm also taking care of the people that will buy it because why would you invest time and money in my uh, art that I that I've done without without having any interest in that? So, so I look at it from you know two ways. One way is uh, what what kind of problem that I can I you know um, can I uh, solve for certain people, and at the same time, how can I also solve my own problems by that, by doing that? So. Uh, placing myself in their shoes, but at the same time, I'm also standing in my own shoes. So it's, it's, it's kind of tricky to, to explain in words, but at the same time, I think thinking from, from both sides, and I have a lot of friends of mine that are, you know, really artistic, very technical, very, very talented, but they don't really make that much money. And the reason why is because they only listen to themselves, but they don't listen to their, Customers. I was listening to this podcast of uh, um, this uh, founder of uh, Airbnb, and he said basically this sentence. He said that he tries to be an antenna that listens to the customers. He basically only listens to the customers and try to feed them and serve them and 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 solve their problems every single day. And that's how it grows into what it is today by listening to what the people are actually demanding for you to 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 product to to produce to to make for them as as a solution so 
uh, as an artist, you don't want to do that because you want to be, you know, uh, expressive. But it, it is very important to, I think it's 50% important to, to listen to who is actually your target group that you want to reach and what do they actually really want from you to, to give them. Because once you kind of, you know, bridge that circle between you and them, there is no other, you know, there is nothing that can hold you back. And uh, the only thing that you can do is just feed them with whatever you can, you know, uh, produce to them for the fashion industry, for uh, the motor, uh, the, the automotive uh, industry, for real estate as well at the same time. I mean, real estate, uh, the, the, the customer is, is really like king. So they really uh, see that from that perspective. Uh, I have a studio here in Amsterdam uh, at uh, one of the biggest, you know, real estate uh spaces uh, in in amsterdam and they have this huge you know project that i'm working on i cannot really say that much about it but what i'm trying to say is that i try to be on on multiple uh levels of of the industries that i can provide my 3d skills and my 3d knowledge to not only you know fashion but also at you know to understand what what kind of product can i make to a customer that will be happy not only today but also tomorrow so uh it's easy to make it but it's hard to keep it right so how can i make the customer stay with me for forever that's really my goal actually to to have students that can trust me not only today but they can also buy different products maybe tomorrow maybe uh, in another day but i'm also like talking about you know tr products that could be priced for like ten thousand euros and 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 to 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 you know to to reach that level you really want to understand what do they want instead of what uh, can I, you know, be expressive as an artist. Yeah, it's more of like a conversation, which I think, yeah, maybe is what really is also determining like this kind of NFT community is like, who is the community? Who are you? Um, I don't know. Yeah, trying to serve. Who do you share your values with? Um, I guess first identifying that. And even for me too, like in school, like we never learned that like it was like, create your universe, like be a designer, like it, the fashion industry really at that time and maybe is shifting of being like, we tell you the consumer what you want. And then, but now we have like so many massive um, piles of waste of clothes of things people didn't want. Yeah. So I hope, yeah, like in the future, this starts to shift to more of like a conversation of first, who is like the person, the community, whoever you're trying to reach, what do they want? And then maybe, finding the balance then of like how do you combine that with your own kind of creativity your own creative um perspective and then build that together so yeah so hopefully that's that's more of the future it'll be interesting to see how kind of luxury develops like is it luxury because we're telling the customer what they want or i don't know yeah so yeah this is a, this is a good one i think I, i'm just gonna jump in right yeah i think this is a great one because this is where 3d really comes in place so I'm gonna give you like a scenario or an example. So let's say we have um, a 3D, you know, garment that is made in 3D, right? Right. And it looks, it looks, it looks really realistic. And at the same time, you can also wear it um, uh, as a customer, right? So, so you can try it on virtually. So at this point, there is nothing, uh, there is nothing produced, uh, but only uh the the 3d stuff which is basically almost for free so uh once we have that feedback from the customer that can you know change maybe the colors they can change you know the formats 
of that piece and then the 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 the, the brand start to produce that for that specific customer i had a i had a, a conversation with adidas on uh, my podcast and uh, um he was basically telling me that this is the biggest you know shift that is happening now today in the industry that we don't have to make things before uh, customers want that we can, uh, as you said, uh, which is a great point, the conversation is really important to have, you know, both ways instead of one way of doing things. So 3D in this case, we, it's really, really, really useful to create things in 3D. Uh, I mean, we can talk about sustainability, we can talk about, you know, uh, reducing your costs and all of that. But you understand, right? I mean, if once you put that in 3D and, and, and people can see that and people can buy that. I mean, Tommy Hilfiger, I did one project, I think like five years ago, and I produced like some imagery that people bought. And then Tommy Hilfiger went and, um, and produced that um, for the customer. So, so that is that is the real value of 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 uh, having that kind of you know conversation to change the 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 whole industry into something that is more uh, demanded by especially Generation Z. Generation Z, I think we underestimate like how much <laughs> these you know kids know about you know everything. So we want to listen to them. We want to. Uh, serve them for their own demands and the best way to do that is to create you know visuals that in 3d that they might you know buy and they might not buy and they can also customize that by themselves i mean gucci if you download their app on uh, the iphone i think you can try on like so many different you know products i think um watches uh glasses yeah hats yeah that's one of well. the first things i like played around with like with digital fashion it's like it's so cool not bad like yeah this is like easy to use i mean it's not like amazing but like really great like for yeah getting started with it interacting with it like i wonder if it just kind of comes to the fact of like thinking maybe the fashion industry thinks we know better so then we tell the customer what they want but, and I think like from my experience, like working within studios, there's always this process of like a secret development. Like it's all behind closed doors. You have like your secret mood boards and like your yeah. secret materials. And then like, there's a big reveal and it's the fashion show. And like, everyone kind of did a similar thing somehow. Like, I don't know how, and then that became trends, but right. Like, so then how yeah, do you and, reverse and, and that? At the same time. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, they are demanding transparency, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, it's all hidden. It's all, you don't know. It's magic. We, we all are magicians behind these doors and we make these magic bags, but sort of feels like sometimes, but yeah. So then I wonder then like, how can we still have like a conversation with the consumer? Like, can we still show them everything first? Um, but then still be able to somewhat surprise them and like bring some innovation. And I think for luxury, there's always about kind of a dream. It's always like an aspiration. So like when maybe say um, you're working on a project, so like what would be maybe an idea of how to get the opinion of the consumer, maybe without showing everything and then still at the end, like having it be a collaborative thing? Um, so yeah, it's, it's basically you know, generating a lot of information where it's a, it's a kind of, you know, starting point that um, where, what, what, what is the biggest, you know, challenge that we can solve? And from that, a lot of, you know, things kind of, you know, domino effects 
into the products. And uh, the I, f- I believe in my in, in my experience that one to one experience is always the best. So at uh, Mountain Collective, I have uh, fashion designers that are converted into digital fashion designers, and I ask them every single time, like, what? It, so what's the reason that you did that? And, and and from there, we kind of you know create different products. So to have that one to one conversation with. Uh, I don't want to say employees, but people that are working with us um, to tell them like what basically you are the target group. So how can you create, you know, the future for you? And I think they have dream, as you said, I mean, dream is a, is a big word in this conversation. How can we create, you know, those dreams that they have? Because I don't have those dreams. Uh, they have the dreams that they want to buy. So I'm trying to provide that dream. So we ask them as you know people that we collaborate with what are the dreams that you want to create and they actually you know cre- create those dreams so in a in a in a simple example here in amsterdam we have a shop um one of the you know biggest shops and it's called albert hein where you know it's a sort of you know supermarket and funny enough they have uh, a self uh paying machines and uh, at the same time you have also you know people that are behind the casa right behind the cashier a lot of people don't go to that, you know, person. They just want to buy by them by themselves. They just want to go to this machine and, you know, ping their uh, products and just buy it and just go. So they prefer to have their own responsibility on their own way. So I try to convert that idea into uh, into dreams and uh, how can I, you know, convert their dreams into what they want. At the same time, they create that dream as uh, uh, so it. You know, it's it's so sustainable in in so many levels because I don't have to think about that because they think about it. But at the same time, they create what they want to create. So, uh, so I think that is that is how we try to you know um, reach that that level of uh, products that uh, that that people want that the next generation wants to buy because it's really difficult. I saw this video today of this girl that went to this you know uh, playground. You know, this playground where you have this uh, kind of moving, you know, uh, seat where you sit down and, you, you know, you can move yourself. Yeah. So, like yeah. So, so, yeah, exactly. So, you know what she did? She's like, uh, like maybe 10 years old. She pushed her. So it starts to move like that, you know, that sitting place. I think it was like a small, you know, dragon or something. And then she standed next to it and she started to dance while the dragon was, you know, moving. And I thought... Like that is something, you know, you would never guess like what the consumer can do with your product because she was basically dancing next to something that you should actually you know, stand. Sitting on. <laughs> yeah. It's so awesome. that was for me like, you know, it was like, oh shit, like you would never guess what the, you know, the cons- consumer can do with your product, yes, right? Yes, totally agree. And I love that example that you gave with like kind of, yeah, the checkout machine, like sometimes yeah you people just want to be able to create their dream and so maybe then you kind of like bring that technical skill and then also i mean the know-how um i guess something also i'm trying to learn like even as i work as a freelancer or like with different types of people is how do you like communicate when we all have like different backgrounds like for example, if I have a client and I'm making a bag for this client, like they're probably much more around the business, not the design. So like, how can I still um, make them feel empowered? Like they um, can create the dream, but then still kind of like, yeah, how do you kind of bridge the 
difference of communication. Like you're doing the, like something very technical, like they're not going to understand, but you have to explain it in a way that they will. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Um, I think uh, I did like a skydive uh, just lately, like two, two yeah, months like ago. Yeah, like in your photo. And, it's uh, looking good. Yeah, exactly. So so when when we went to, you know, uh, like four, uh, you know, thousand meters high and I looked down to uh, to to the traffic where I was uh, like a half an hour before and in that traffic, we were so stuck in that traffic. It was like, you know, two ways uh, traffic, but we were so stuck. But the moment that when I was so high that I could look down to that traffic, I didn't feel the same way that I felt when I was stuck in that traffic. So basically taking steps, you know, higher into looking down into, you know, a traffic that you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to be in that space where you want to divide yourself from, you know, traffic from left to right, but you want to be higher to that. So what I mean by that is, um, Joseph Campbell, you know, comes in this place where he understands like all of the, when I'm saying traffic, I could say, you know, a certain person is left and the other person is right. Uh, so basically being higher than that level where they are together in that space. So uh, understanding like what everyone really actually universally kind of needs and, and, uh, and wants. And from that, from that space, you can look down into it and say like, so if that person wants that and if that person doesn't want that, how can I make a connection between these two? So being higher than than uh, than st- being stuck in 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 one person's you know perspective. Yeah, I love that example. You're really good at giving like <laughs> cool uh, examples, cool connections. Um, right? Yeah. So I guess it's kind of bringing it down to how do you have a global vision? How do you? See, exactly right like the goal what is the goal like you're kind of like a coach like um how do you make sure you kind of create like maybe a plan a step-by-step plan how do you navigate when you have new problems come up and still be flexible um but stay on track as well so i guess maybe uh like i def- definitely working with clients communication has been a really big key part um i, I think yeah maybe sometimes people can get i don't know about nervous or upset if if there's something happening that's not clearly communicated so i know that that has also been a big thing for me um and i think yeah also um if anyone in the audience has a question come on up we'll um we have about eight minutes left um and another question i had was we were talking before about finding like your customer finding your your i don't know if you what word to say what clients i don't know i don't know if you have a better word i'm sure you do but how do you find kind of your community and then then start to work with them and and discover their their dreams and their needs yeah that's that yeah that's a good one i mean this is where hard work you know comes in place research i guess uh, Yes, hundred percent. Um, I think I've sent so many, uh, emails, I think like hundreds of emails every single day. And, uh, eventually you get like one, maybe like 10, 10 answers and one, uh, one, you know, confirmation. So basically, as you said, the communication is so important, like to reach out to people, uh, like on a, on a, on a, 10x you know scale um sending a lot a lot of a lot of messages um i use linkedin i think linkedin for me is really ha- uh, handy um 
oh shit, I didn't prepare this, but there is this guy that I that I uh, that I uh, followed on LinkedIn that he was you know given. Maybe I'll, I'll send it later. But uh, LinkedIn for me was yeah, LinkedIn for me is really um, to get like the big you know fishes like too big like, to get uh, L magazine I got from from LinkedIn. So, but I've been you know sending a lot of messages like a lot of messages every single day for a long period of time. So that is the only way that I could reach out to uh, big clients. Yeah, for me too. I think fashion is big on LinkedIn. So, right. It's always my advice. Like if someone was been looking for an internship or something, it's like, I always try to find like a personal connection um, and then try to kind of find maybe like a common ground or just like a way to start a conversation, which is then a lot of work. Like if you're trying yes. to go to every company and like, find the right people in the correct positions. But then I think, at least for me, that's when the project has really like kind of been a success or it's like I really got to like learn more about an area I was really interested in. So, so yeah, I, I'm done. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, um, I mean, at the same time, my, uh, my uh, you know, profile at LinkedIn is, is really optimized, you know, to, uh, to do that. So that really helps as well, like to optimize your profile into a certain degree that people kind of, you know, trust you and, uh, and, and want to have, you know, want to accept you first of all, and, and, uh, and also, you know, respond to your, uh, reaction. I mean, I had, um, Louis Vuitton, like talking to me on LinkedIn, you know, I mean, it's not even possible to do that, you know, personally, like you just go to the store and, you know, talk to that person. So LinkedIn is a, a like, especially now, like that is for free still, like, I think, LinkedIn, like within like one year or two years, is going to be like expensive because it's so valuable. Like you can reach out to everyone that you want to talk to just by sending a message. Like, I mean, obviously a message that is formal and, and uh, um, build up in a way that the, per the person can, you know, uh, respond to. But the fact that it's for free, like it's unbelievable. Like for me, it's still like I cannot understand like why is it still like for yeah. free, right? Right. I know. I would definitely pay for LinkedIn. So hopefully that doesn't change though. Since I don't exactly. want to pay yeah, yeah. for another subscription, but I totally agree. Cool. Um, I, and I was wondering with Mountain Collective, are you guys mostly working like for um, external clients or do you also think about making your own kind of NFT collections? Yeah. So we have uh, two, two, uh, two sides from one perspective, which is, you know, uh, I'm really into passive income so we kind of you know building that strategy where we can you know earn money out of um generated content that will you know survive by itself so that's one way uh the commission commission way i did that for the last you know uh nine years so I, I don't do that anymore um but on the other side the podcast and also what you are doing at uh, at the clubhouse it's you know like i have a lot of respect for that because this is I think this is the best way to reach out to people and to tell them like what you want to do and and to you know have a connection with them uh because it's 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 very very important to do that so uh the revenue streams that we have are uh yeah fifty percent doing things that we want to do um as you know as an educational platform, but on the other side uh to uh, provide kind of you know uh products and content that people uh want to uh want to uh want to buy so uh i'm basically sitting alone in my apartment in amsterdam but we have 
people working with us from uh, Barcelona, from uh, Asia, from uh, you know uh, London uh, at the same time because it's 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 doable. Like today, we can you know just send files online and we don't have to you know pay for any studio that we, I mean, I'm paying for a studio where I sit just because I want to have a connection with real estate people, but uh, it's possible to just do it by yourself and just do it by, uh, from the passion and the drive that you really, really want to do whatever you want to do. And believe me, like once you put that effort and that, you know, that energy, it happens. It just happens because life is just like this, like life, gives you whatever you wish for it's almost like the the blue you know uh the guy from uh, alibaba you know the the blue thing that no you, i don't know this example well anyway, so, <laughs> so, so it's like this so it's like this you know teapot that you, you know yeah you stretch uh, surface and then you have like three wishes ah okay okay like a genie yes <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. But, but it's not but it's not three wishes okay. it's unlimited wishes wow this sounds like a good deal I'll yeah, right? find one. <laughs> Can I find that in Paris? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I'll, I'll see you in Paris anyways. Great. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's like, I, I, yeah, I'm, it's funny because like the things you're saying, I'm going through like a lot of like these personal experiences now. Like I'm having different things where it's kind of like it's time to make a decision of like, do you kind of trust your instinct or do you fall back on a fear that you're maybe not going to make it? But every time I kind of have trusted myself and like gone for what I believe is like maybe the place I want to advance to next, like something.